Hello and welcome to Kinseido Corner, the functional fitness podcast coming to you directly from Jakarta, Indonesia. My name is Joe and on this show I sit down with coaches and athletes from all walks of life to answer some of the most burning health and fitness related questions. I hope these nuggets of wisdom are as applicable and useful to you as they are to me. So without further ado, let's dive right in. This podcast is brought to you by Team Kinsei Do, our new online group training program that combines the guidance of a real coach, the support of a live community and the convenience of online training in one unbeatable package. Head over to Kinsei underscore Do on Instagram to find out more. Hello and welcome back to Kinsei Do Corner. Today's podcast guest is Johnson from Nirvana Strength and uh, Nirvana Strength in Bali. I first met Johnson about two or two and a half years ago at a gymnastic strength seminar back in Singapore, and he was already a very, very accomplished coach and gymnastics practitioner at the time. So I'm really excited to hear about uh, his views and his story today. Welcome, Johnson. How have you been? I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast today. Thank you for yeah, your time. And, uh, yeah, it's always uh, good, good to be here with you and good to catch up with you as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. So maybe for those that don't know you, uh, maybe we can start with a little bit of an introduction uh, by yourself about you know, well, who you are and your backstory to, to your own athletic uh, career um, as well as your coaching journey. Awesome. Yeah, um, so my name is Johnson. Most people will know me now as one of the co-founders and head coach of Nirvana Strength and basically Bali right now. Um, I started uh, my fitness career when I was a little one. I've always been into any kind of like racket of all sports when I was growing up. So I played basketball for my, um, high school and then volleyball for university in the UK. Uh, after that, I just, uh, when I started university, I started picking up CrossFit. So that was in around 2007. And I started competing. I did my first open in 2010. I had competed in CrossFit up to 2017. So I had spent a bit of time doing CrossFit almost 10, almost 10 years. You know? into health and fitness, I've always been very interested in it, um, but I'm a mechanical engineer by degree, and so what I know comes from this experience of as an athlete and as a coach, and I would put myself first and foremost as a coach before I've always, um, always been inspired by learning and teaching others as well. The, um, being competitive was, um, was fun. But I've always found more joy in coaching others as well. Cool. Okay. Wow. That is, that's that makes you definitely one of the original gangsters of the CrossFit scene in in Indonesia. Two thousand seven is, I think that was before any any box opened. Uh, definitely in Jakarta and probably in Bali as well. Yeah, um, I, I co-own a uh, CrossFit. Uh, used to be a CrossFit gym in Asia, which was actually one of the first CrossFit gyms in Southeast Asia, which is much more fitness center. 
with Jonathan. They, they, yes. Yeah, with Jonathan. Yeah. And so yeah, we had uh, they had opened up way early on, and I think they opened up in two thousand and seven. Yeah. So it was probably one of the first CrossFit gyms out in Southeast Asia. I mean, it's it's like many times like everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's right. I mean, I I forgot about about the box in in Malaysia. I um I did get the chance to see that as well. I think that was the the year before COVID uh, shut down all the travel. Um, it's a yeah, it's a nice it's a nice place. But I think they've deaffiliated. Uh, yeah, we deaffiliated quite some time back. I believe it was in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. We deaffiliated. Yeah, this wasn't wasn't our well wasn't our mission in terms of the time, but we still had a lot of which we're in now is mostly known for Olympic weightlifting. Uh, we spent like Jonathan and myself, we had spent quite a bunch of time training with the coach. So a Chinese uh, you know a Chinese national athlete who came out to some of these engines and coaching and so it was uh, way different styles from the Chinese. Right, right, right. Okay. So, yeah, so you competed in several opens and, uh, well, and presumably a couple of um, local competitions here and there as well. Um, yeah. and, and then you, you decided to, well, yeah, what made you decide to um, pick up gymnastics or, or, or generally focus on the focus on mobility that you uh, that you are now um, relatively heavily focusing on. Yeah. So um, what we do at the Vamos Springs right now um, is what I would probably term as functional mobility. Um, our vision at Nirvana Strength is to help um, individuals live fuller lives, and we want to help them through um, teaching them and educating them through mobility. So you'll find that what we do is, um, in terms of training, it's very different. A lot of it um, will stem back towards um, gymnastic strength-inspired, um, rehabilitation, rehabilitation-inspired um, work. And so it's not common to, for, to see people do what we do at the moment, but I hope that we'll be able to share that more. And I think it's already um, been an increasing trend. Um, so for me, how it started was, in 2014, I went to 2000, yeah, 2014. I went to Singapore for a uh, gymnastic bodies um, workshop. And that's where I first met Thomas and Orange. Orange is his So yeah, that was the first exposure to gymnastics training. Yeah, for me, um, I started working on those um, with um, gymnastic bodies. Spring point. What I found with even just their level one stuff was really helpful with regards to injury prevention. Um, when we're doing CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting, which can be very taxing on the body. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's how I started into the gymnastic um, gymnastic strength inspired kind of um, training focus. Um, and I had did that right up until 2017, um, but not too in-depthly. I didn't go beyond the level one because I use it mainly as rehabilitation towards my training and supplementary towards my CrossFit and all of the weightlifting, which kept me uh, predominantly injury-free, which was really helpful, um, even at the times when I was um, working through some injuries. 
working through, I did it through the gymnastic bodies kind of inspired way. And so I started delving into more mobility work at the time. And so Kelly started, um, for most people who know with Supple Leopard or the Ready State guy, um, he was a big inspiration with regards to mobility. And then from there, yeah, it just started uh, in 2017. I met uh, my business partner right now, Ian McLeod, and that's how we decided to come out to Bali and start up Nirvana Strength. And we just started, you know, giving the whole goal of this functional mobility and um, meeting a lot of coaches and athletes from around the world who shared a lot with us and we've learned a lot um, you know, since we've opened three years ago. How, um, I'm going to jump all over the place, but how strongly is, is, other, uh, I, I assume you have group classes. How strongly is the group class program influenced by by the gymnastic strength um, type of type of work, or by or yeah. or by by more by your your previous work in in weightlifting um, and yeah. getting stronger uh, that way? Yeah. Um, so all our classes, if you if you hop onto our website, themanastrengthbody.com, you can check out our schedule there. Um, all of our classes that is gymnastics inspired, functional mobility inspired. Um, we have we have right now thirty three different classes that we offer here at Nirvana Spring, and um, we also have um, yoga. There are three types of yoga: Kuara, Chi, Jiu Jitsu. So less the five, we have 28 different gymnastic strength, functional mobility inspired class. I think I heard you, you said you have 33, you have 33 types of classes and including or not including yeah. yoga classes as yeah. well. Mm. Yeah, but when we talk about functional mobility, it's 28 different, 28 different functional mobility classes. Yeah, so it's a quite, quite a huge offering and um, they're all group classes here. Um, we have classes that is very specific for hip mobility or shoulder mobility. We do, we teach skill acquisitions as well. So things like handstands, ring muscle ups, um, human flag or spade leaper as we call it, and single leg squats. These are all different skills. But um, for us, we use this, um, we, we label it as a skill, but the way that we see it is actually helping people to train functional functional mobility to work towards those skills as well. So when, when I say handstand, people just think, okay, someone inverted with their hands over their head and you know, the balance on the hands. But from my perspective, handstand is not just, you know, going to a handstand, it's having good open shoulders, strong wrists, strong elbows, strong shoulders, good core. You know, you're looking for a great line as well. So as much as we teach the skill, the mobility aspect comes in first and foremost. So when we say functional mobility, you know, we're talking about, the, you know, like the difference between flexibility and mobility is, is you know, um, something that most people may not be familiar. I think the terms mobility and flexibility are used very often and sometimes get lost in translation. So a good way I can explain is flexibility. If we think of someone who, for example, like a yogi who just stretches and, you know, spend a lot of time in stretching, they become very flexible, you know, they gain range of motion, they become very flexible, but they're not necessarily strong in those positions. And that's where mobility comes in. Um, so mobility essentially is flexibility with strength through your range of motion. 
Yeah, so that's, that's the main difference, you know. So, for example, if we say, hey, go into a middle split, so someone who, who does, who's flexible and trains flexibility, they'll go down to a middle split easy. And now we say, okay, now get up from the middle split without using your hands, and they'll be like, it's impossible. But if we train in mobility, we're talking about going someone who's in the middle split, you know, standing up to the middle split and then pulling back up. And you've probably seen that in, like, you know, John Todd Van Dyke. Or if you follow Juji Mufu, you know, like some really strong guys who, you know, who super strong in huge ranges of positions. That's what functional mobility is. So it's, it comes back to, I think I've, I've, a different way I heard it, I heard it being said is, um, it's kind of like your active, your active range of motion versus your passive range, right? And, yeah. and only, only the ranges that you are, that you have active control over are the ones that you, so to say, own and the ones that you, yeah, that you can control. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like, I like the skills aspect. And I think uh, that is, that is probably derived from the gymnastic strength um, uh, or gymnastic bodies program. Um, do you find that this sort of, um, how to say, this sort of marketing or this sort of, of advertising, uh, the, what your classes uh, aim to achieve, does that scare people more than it attracts people, right? I mean, normal, yes, there's a, a, sub, a subgroup of people who, who are looking to, to have these skills to be able to do the side lever, the human flag, the, to do, or, or just handstands. But there's probably a lot of people who are maybe more intimidated by, by this kind of, uh, or by what they think the training towards that entails than, than, it, than it necessarily does because as you mentioned the benefits of training towards the handstand are your better shoulder mobility or your better core strength and all these things so how how do you think about that or how do you communicate that sort of distinction and value to the normal people yeah yeah for sure um yeah i mean it's it's like very fundamental you know i think this is where a lot of gyms tend to struggle when you when we talk about let's say marketing or trying to sell to someone about what you do. You know, for example, like CrossFit. You know, if you if you talk about CrossFit, people go, oh my gosh, we just see someone do some way throw throw something down and they're dying at the end of the workout. It's like, oh, that's hardcore. That's like, you know. So, I mean, like having done that with my my other business as well, I do understand the struggles with it, and we we ourselves do find challenges. Or, having people perceive what we do as like, oh, it's really hardcore, you know, like we need to start somewhere else or it can be a little scary if we talk about just doing handstands. Um, and I think this is why it really just comes down to education for the most part for someone who's not experienced in training, for example, or is new to exercise or new to training, we have to help educate them and help them understand that, yes, handstand may sound like uh, you know, a challenging skill. We're not saying it's impossible. That's why we're here. We're here to teach you. We're here to help you. And you know, this is our perspective when we say about when we talk about handstand. Let's first talk about having good wrists. Let's first talk about having good shoulders. You know, and let's not worry about being in a hands. Like the foundation of like where we start. Someone new in a handstand, we start them on the ground, not in a handstand. You know, so it's the same as like. You know, if someone watches a video of someone doing like a 200 kilo deadlift and they go, oh my gosh, that's really hardcore. We have to tell them, hey, you're not going to start at a 200 kilo deadlift. You're going to start at like, let's pick up a PVC with the core, you know? And so 
really is an educational aspect. I think that, um, you know, we put a lot of thought into what we name our classes as well, um, just to make sure that it draws the right crowd, but also doesn't scare people away, for sure. Um, there is a, you know, there's a big, like I spend a lot of time with my marketing team, making sure that we're using the right languages to reach out to people, nothing too complicated, nothing that, you know, like even choosing the right images or videos that goes on our social media or use for marketing campaigns is really important. We don't want to be, you know, putting out a video of someone doing a one-arm handstand with a one-arm pull-up with, you know, one-arm this and that, and then nobody's going to come except for like a very small population of maybe athletes who goes, oh, I want to go do that. So, it, yeah, it's a it's a big challenging piece that um, I spend a lot of time with my team to make sure that we, you know, we try to use the right content and use the right language that we speak to our audience with. Um, but at the end of the day, it really just comes back to educating educating the audience, you know, helping them understand that what we do is beneficial for you and it's going to help you for your for your longevity. It's not just about acquiring a skill, it's about helping you for the rest of your life until, until the day you die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I suppose you'll get the, the reverse problem as well, that people are coming in who want to just get on their hands right away and they just don't have the, the mobility and you need to kind of slow them down and tell them, yeah, I mean, yeah, work on the basics yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we we always we get this, especially when you know when we have someone who has um, good training training experience, has good training age, like because what we do is quite unique or quite new or a bit niche in this sense. Um, you know, we'll have someone who comes in and like oh, I'm really strong. I've been doing CrossFit for a while. Or, like I've you know been running, building, probably go through one class. That's that's say not even handstand class. They just go through like a snatch, you know, a front split class, and they go like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like oh my god, I've never done this before. We we have had yogis who's been you know practicing for 15, 20 years who comes through our front split and middle split class and they go. And they tell us like, oh my gosh, I've never stretched that way before, or I've never worked that way before. I'm like, what do you mean? You've been doing yoga for like 15, 20 years. You've got a great split, but what do you mean you've never stretched that way before? You know? And this is the the active, the active side of um, flexibility, active side of mobility that they're missing out. Which you know, we we find ways to challenge each and every person. And so for us, um, anyone from a beginner up to intermediate up to an advanced level athlete, that's always something to work on. And I always, you know, I always tell athletes, my belief is that the day that you stop learning as an athlete or as a coach, you know, you can just die there and then, you know, we always have something to learn, always have something to work on. You know, we're not perfect human beings in that sense. Mm -hmm. how, much, how much of your, well, maybe your training or your assessment, or perhaps maybe this is more applicable in, uh, in private training in one-to-one -one sessions, but how much time and focus do you guys spend on basically getting people into into good positions in terms of everyday positions? So, like getting into a good squat, into uh, having a having a decent uh, hinge pattern, um, a decent overhead, uh, and, and I don't mean handstands, just lifting stuff overhead. Is that is that a big concern for for most people that come to you, or um, or do you do you do you find most people already have have those down and they are they are looking for the next level? 
it's a it's a yes and no. Um, at the end of the day, it really depends on the individual. Um, let's let's just take uh, you know a project on a one to one session. It really depends on the individual. So, for example, I have, uh, I have a client who is uh, in, who's training for uh, world champions, uh, world championship in jiu-jitsu. And she's in the phase where she's a junior moving to a senior category this year. Um, and so it really depends because for her, she's a professional athlete. So there are certain things that does not necessarily matter to her. You know, um, so I'll give you an example, like someone who's a golfer, you know, they are, they're always biased towards uh, one side rotation. Right? They're always biased towards one side rotation and we want to keep them strong that way. And that is because that's the demand of their sport. And I wouldn't want to aim for like for symmetry because that's going to take away from their sport. You know, if, if they're a professional athlete, that's their income. We're not here to make them worse. We're here to make them better, you know? Um, if it's something that's really detrimental, let's talk about gen pop. Gen pop is a general population, right? If I just have an average Joe or you know, an everyday Tim that comes into the gym and say, hey, I just want to get healthy. I want to, you know, I just want to look good, get a six pack kind of thing. I just want to lose some weight. Then yes, of course, um, those things do matter because my job as a coach is all about longevity. When I take on a new client, I'm not only worrying about what what's happening now. I'm already thinking during our first conversation is where does this person want to be when he's a 90 or 100 years old? You know, does he want to be walking around? Does he want to have knee issues? Does he want to be, you know, lying in bed for, you know, two years? So, you know, when I take on a new client for me, I'm always thinking about where does this person want to be when he's 90 years old? And that's where I tend to have my conversations with my clients. It's, hey, when you're 90 years old, what do you want to be doing? You know, like so many clients have come to me like, oh, I'm gonna join this prospect competition. I'm gonna do this weightlifting competition. I wanna, you know, I'm gonna get a six I wanna get an eight, and I wanna compete in this and this and this. And that's all great, but a lot of that is very, um, it's more like leisure competition. You know, like you're doing it one off. You know, you're joining a marathon because your your girlfriend's doing it or your boyfriend's doing it or you're joining a, you know. Uh, ultra marathon because it's, it's a new challenge which is great and i'll fully support that goal that you have where do you want to be when you're 90, 90 years old because you have to understand that if you chase performance you're also sacrificing longevity at the same time so you know we have to have that conversation to have them understand like if this is just something that's leisure We'll definitely do it and enjoy it. Understand that if you don't win the competition or you don't take the world space, don't be just up, up for it. You know, the, the whole point was to just do the do it for the fun of it. And you know, don't stress about taking on first, second, or third. Of course, it's always fun, but you know, you have to you have to understand what they're giving up at the same time. So coming back to the question, like how much time do we spend um, on going after good form and good technique? Um, it depends on the individual and the demands in their daily function and their sport. Hmm. Well, that's that's a really that's a really interesting point and, and something I've personally not even uh, not considered or not thought about much yet is as you say if you if you're chasing performance and I, I assume there's there's a there's a threshold that is kind of still okay and then there's basically if you're chasing it beyond that you're you're essentially sacrificing your longevity. Um, that's that's quite a 
quite a devastating way to look at it in, in, in many ways. Um, so, so with that in mind, I guess, how does your own training look like? Do you, do you uh, aim 100% for longevity and, uh, and, and health? Or do you still, I mean, I know you're not competing anymore, but you're obviously you're still a young guy. And I guess you still, you still want to see what, what the limits are in, 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 in a way, right? Well, what can I achieve? So how do you balance that for yourself? Yeah, um, actually, to be honest, right now, I'm in full, I'm not chasing anything, to be honest. Like, if you ask me what my fitness goals are right now, I'm chasing some skills, you know, like I'd like to work on my instant a bit more. I'd love to get my one on chin up hopefully by this year, you know, by the end of the year, I like to get one on chin up. I'm working on some plans, some deeper stuff. Um, but to be honest, like my my mindset right now is like, hey, I've got a lifetime to work on this. Like, I'm not, I don't have to get my one on chin up with this year. If I miss it, I miss it. If it takes two years, it takes two years. If it takes three years, it takes three years. My goal is just to stay like injury free and just be able to like go out and play as something. You know, like, hey, hey, I love going out to serve. Um, I love any kind of ball sports, so basketball, tennis, badminton, anything like that. Um, I'm I'm all for longevity. Um, nothing in me right now. Like I think I've come to terms with my competition days and I've been able to put that behind me and just be able to enjoy what I've already accomplished with that. So training for me now um, looks more like five days a week, uh, you know, one one hour to one and a half hours each day. Uh, functional bodybuilding with some mobility. Um, you know, I'm working through a bit of a wrist injury at the moment, working through some stuff at the moment a lot of it is really exploring now you know i'm trying out some new techniques some new method um, where you know i'm just thinking about what i'm doing trying to dive deeper into uh, movements and positions and just explore that and see how things work out from there trying different um, training styles different tempos um, you know, different periodizations and things like that. So for me now, it's like, I just want to be a better coach to help others. And I just want to live long, you know, live, um, live prosperously to your hundred. My goal is to be able to like hike up a mountain with my grandkids at nine years old and then just dive going on and just being happy. Yeah, that's a, that's a worthwhile pursuit for sure. Um, and I think this is a, a really cool, a really cool message for for people to take away and um, to to take away from this conversation. So uh, so yeah, I mean, be aware of be aware of what you want, guys. Be aware of what you're chasing. Uh, be aware of why you're chasing it, uh, and be aware of the costs that uh, that it may bring or that may come with it. So Johnson, thank you very much uh, for your time and for sharing your story. That was uh, really cool and. Um, and I love what you guys are doing at Nirvana. I wish I could, uh, I wish I could come down for uh, for one of those awesome workshops that you put on sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, travel is a bit difficult right now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> things will get better, and I will definitely make the trip down one more time soon. Yeah. So, thanks for thanks for having me on. Man. I really appreciate it. Um, the good news is I, I think Bali is pushing to open borders in the next one or two months. So, you know, it might be possible for you to head out here. And uh, yeah, we definitely love to have you here, man. Outdoor is always open and welcome to you to coming by. 
uh, yeah, I mean, our goal at Nirvana is always to host at least one workshop a month. And with borders being shut at the moment, I think 2022 is when we'll start picking things up. And yeah, if you keep following our Instagram or our website, you'll, you know, you'll keep in touch with who we have coming up. There are a few good people come to our doors, um, such as uh, Simon Atta, Yuri Marmestein, Devin Kelly, and things like that. So it's always great to learn from such great coaches and great athletes as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the your website is nirvanastrengthbali.com uh, and your Instagram is? Nirvanastrength.com. Nirvanastrength, all right. Yeah, Nirvanastrength, yeah. Nirvanastrengthbali.com and Nirvanastrength is Instagram. Okay, fantastic. Well, thanks again, Johnson. That's really, really good. And uh, I wish you guys all the best and all the success with uh, Nirvana going forward. Thanks, Johannes. Thank you. That's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed the episode and were able to take away one or two actionable pieces of advice that you can apply in your own training and life right away. Please don't forget to leave me comments, feedback and future guest requests on Instagram. Until next time, thank you for listening.